I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> During my first year in New Haven, Connecticut, I did a lot of church shopping, studying websites before I went to make sure that they were my kind of church. One Sunday, I went to St. Thomas, a traditional Gothic church with a day school attached, but that had a socially progressive message. It seemed intellectually sophisticated, my kind of place, I was sure. But when I arrived, I found that the church was a little down at the heels. Some paint was peeling on the inside. There were some obvious leaks in the ceiling, and the large building meant for 300 was seating about 30 to 40 worshipers. I took my bulletin, and I found my seat in the back of the church. The music began. The organist was great. The singing was not. The rector was kind, but his preaching wandered and for too long. And then at the Eucharist, we were all invited to healing prayer. So after communion, I went straight back to my pew, giving wide berth to the healing prayer station. But I watched the small group gathered in the side aisle. Many were going up to this group and having hands laid on them and being prayed over. As a reserved, somewhat intellectual Christian, I was uncomfortable. A modern Christian, I found practices like laying on of hands beyond the pale, irrational. So I returned to my own private prayer but I kept one eye open to watch what was going on over there. A line of people waited to pray with the prayer team. Folks of all ages and races, even the rector, went up. The team was made up of two adult parishioners, the young pregnant school chaplain, and a little girl about eight or nine. The people entered into prayer so humbly, so clearly vulnerable and naked in their need that I started to cry. I started to cry because it became clear to me how deeply we all long for healing, for someone to touch us, to pray in the name of the God of hope, to pray for us. Since then, I've experienced all kinds of healing prayer. At one church, there were four prayer teams at every Mass, and they were all busy during communion. Most Sundays, most of the congregation went up for prayer, and I went too. Here at All Saints, we have a healing prayer minister in the Michael Chapel right here every Sunday, and there's always a line. Sometimes it's clear what needs healing. A child sports a new cast proud of all the names on it. Or a parishioner is using a walker 
after a hip or a knee replacement. A man who had been going to AA has shown up drunk to church and needs prayer. A parishioner recently widowed. Often, however, I have no idea why someone is in line. The woman who is always perfectly put together suddenly goes up, or the married couple that seems so happy, blessed with two children, would suddenly be in line together. Some of us wear our wounds on the outside. Some of us are able to hide our wounds. But we're all wounded. We all are in need of healing. And that's what Jesus brings today in the gospel. We're just past the breathless beginning of the Gospel of Mark. We've seen John the Baptist and Jesus' baptism and his temptation in the wilderness, his calling of the first disciples, and now he arrives in the synagogue on the Sabbath and he starts teaching. People immediately recognize his authority. He's different from the priests and the scribes. He teaches out of his own authority, out of who he is, not just what he knows. And then Jesus gets to teach, not only by word, but by action, as the unclean spirit possessing a man there recognizes Jesus as the Holy One of God, crying out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? What have you do with us? Have you come to destroy us? Now, you might be feeling a little nervous right now, a little skeptical, just as I was at St. Thomas. After all, we're 21st century, sophisticated Christians often have trouble with healing stories, especially those related to spirits. After all, we know how medicine works. We know that people pray, but sometimes they don't get healed. We hear demons or unclean spirit And we think of the movie The Exorcist or about how in the past mental illness was often ascribed to demons. In other words, many of us just can't buy this healing stuff. Still, here it is. Here it is. It's the very first miracle in the Gospel of Mark. There are 18 miracles in this shortest gospel, and 13 of them are healings, four of them from unclean spirits. So healing, healing from unclean spirits matters. But it's important to know that unclean spirit is not a judgment of the person. The man is sick. He suffers from unclean spirits, which are understood to be anything that keeps us from living into the kingdom of God. They're anything that prevent us from living the abundant lives that God intends for us. Jesus sees the unclean spirit in the man before him and he demands it be silent and leave the man. And the spirit shrieks and wails, but it leaves. 
Once again, the people are amazed. First, Jesus taught with authority, then he acted with authority. The people see that Jesus' authority resides in who he is, what he says, what he does. They are all of a piece. His words are action. He possesses authority over all. He possesses authority over all that binds or chains or harms us. Jesus heals a man who has been coming to the synagogue on the Sabbath, suffering, waiting, hoping for the one to come who speaks and teaches and acts with authority. And Jesus can heal us too. We who come to church on the Sabbath, week after week, suffering, broken, wounded. We who suffer from the unclean spirits of depression or addiction, of pride or anger, of broken relationships, of judgment and fear of hopelessness. Some of us have given up any hope of healing. Some resist it. Many of us think that miracles can only happen in the past. But I've seen healing. I've experienced it. It may not look exactly the way that we want or expect. We want the disease cured, death prevented, problem solved, never to be unhappy. But Jesus wants to heal us of those spirits that keep us from God, from wholeness, keep us from living the lives that God wants for us. It may not be the physical illness that plagues us. It might be the fear and the loneliness. It may not be the broken relationship, the failed marriage, the estrangement from parent or sibling or child, but the judgment or the anger or the shame that imprison us. Depression or anxiety or addiction may be the symptoms, but it may be the unclean spirit that makes us believe we are not worthy of God's love and forgiveness. It might be that that needs healing. Jesus teaches with authority, acts with authority, loves with authority. In his life, death, and resurrection, in the vulnerable authority of the cross, Jesus has defeated all demons, put away sin and death. Sometimes those demons still shriek. They don't have ultimate power, of course, but they still can wreck our lives. In my own life, at times, the unclean spirits of anger and self-righteousness have kept me from the kingdom of God, have kept me from abundant life. Those spirits plagued my relationship with my mother, who loved me but was pretty tough on me 
who loved me but drank too much. Anger and contempt burned within me, and I refused her attempts to grow closer. Even as adulthood and distance could have opened up the room for a gentler relationship. Only when she was very ill was I able to open my heart. Finally, I took my hurt and my anger to God in prayer. Finally, I asked Jesus, the great physician, to heal me, which he did, freeing me of the unclean spirit of anger so that my mother and I were reconciled before she died. Where are you wounded? Where do you need healing? The unclean spirit asks, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? What have you to do with us? And the answer is, everything. Everything, because Jesus enters into the hardest, darkest places, not afraid, not keeping his distance from us, and he confronts the unclean spirits. Will you, will we let the great physician heal us? Will we reveal the unclean spirits that plague us, keep us from living the lives that God intends for us, risk showing our whole selves to God? Jesus has authority over our whole lives, the authority to heal us. Will we let him? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.